All right. Good morning, Faith Church. What's going on, everybody? Hey, it's great to have you in the house. want to welcome all of our first-time guests. Hey, if this is your first time here, we're glad that you showed up. And, man, we're believing not just for our first-time guests, but all of our Faith Church family, that God is going to do something incredible in your life through this series. I believe God's going to take all of our relationships to another level. And so, man, welcome, everybody. Can we one more time put our hands together for the Lord Jesus? That's why we're here today. Come on, can we get five seconds of praise to the King of Kings? Come on, every hand clapping. Yeah. And I want to make sure, man, that I welcome to the first time our Faith Church family in Lawrenceburg in Middle Tennessee. Hey, welcome Faith Church Lawrenceburg. Come on, let's welcome them. Our privilege, man, to have you guys a part of our family. We are so excited about what God is about to do and continue to do here in Florence. Well, listen... Um, Several weeks ago, my daughter, she was out in the yard, and she came in, and she told me, she said, hey, Dad, I found some holes in the yard, and I don't know what they are. And, I, you know, it's the yard. Like, I wasn't really overly concerned that there were holes in the yard. But she persisted to tell me that there were holes, and there were more holes. So I thought, you know, I probably should go check it out. And so I went and I actually found it, and there's, there's little holes all over our yard, but there were several holes close together, and it looked strange. I'm not a grass expert, <laughs> but it didn't look normal. In fact, there were these holes that would look like about a silver dollar, maybe a little smaller, and I wasn't sure what was in there, right? I mean, all my worst imagination, I thought we have an infestation of snakes. Not a fan. You know, I thought some kind of rodent. So I did what probably a lot of you do when you don't know what you see or you got a question. I went to Facebook, right? I took a picture. Some of you guys responded. In fact, I had about 250 responses and a lot of people had different opinions. A lot of you tried to be funny and tell me there were large spiders. <laughs> You're not funny. And, um, but overwhelmingly, everybody said, the majority of people said, they're armadillos. And not only did they tell me what they were, but by far, the majority of people offered the Alabama solution, which is a shotgun. <laughs> like, shoot them. And so I have guns. I don't have a shotgun, unfortunately. I've got a lot of other guns. Don't have a shotgun. And so... Right, I played it out in my mind. I thought, this is what it will look like. And, you know, it's midnight. I got black under my eyes to hide. I'm fully decked out in camo. And I've got a 22 rifle waiting for the armadillo to show his face. Fast forward. I get the shot. I get ready to take the shot. I take the shot, shoot the armadillo. Bullet goes through the armadillo, ricochets off my front sidewalk, hits my neighbor, kills my neighbor, and I end up in prison. I'm out. <laughs> Bible says, love your neighbor, don't shoot your neighbor. So, honestly, I didn't want to fool with it. So I did what you all do sometimes. When there's something you can't do, there's a lot of times you can find someone who can do things for you. Come on, right? If you need your car fixed, there's people who can do that for you. If you need walls painted, there's people who can do that for you, right? Whatever it is, lawn care, there's people if you don't want to do it or you can't do it, there's people who can do it for you. As we jump into this series today, I want to tell you something that most of you know intuitively, but I want you to know this, that no one else can do your relationships for you. You can't find someone else to step in and do it for you. And probably more challenging than to realize nobody can do it for us is for us just to be honest and say a lot of us don't know how to do it well. And that's, there's just lots of statistics to back this up. In fact, you know, for married couples, 50% of marriages end in divorce. That just tells us we don't know how to do marriage. A lot of us have friendships that have, that have walked out on us, people that have abandoned us, friends that have turned their backs on us. We've got a lot of drama in our friendships, right? I mean, again, it's just another, another sign that we don't know how to do relationships well. 
It's not just that. Sometimes, right, we lose business partners. It's almost like every area where we have relationship, something happens and it breaks down in our family. We have tension in underneath that roof or we struggle in our marriage, our friendships, whatever it is. And so as we step into this, I, I just think, man, we got we to gotta go back to the person who made relationships. We got to go back to the source. We've been taking our cues from the Kardashian instead of Christ, right? And so we need to figure out how to do relationships. And so through this series, we're going to tackle several things. Um, we're going to tackle friendships specifically next week because I believe everybody needs a good friend in their life. Uh, week three, you're going to definitely want to be here because we're going to talk about sex and dating. It's, I promise you it's going to be a great day. And then week four, we're going to talk about marriage, how to, how to get into a good marriage, how to maintain and strengthen a good marriage. And so we're going to hit kind of every aspect of relationships. But let me just make this declaration on the front end. That I believe with all of my heart that God wants relationship for you. And he wants those relationships to be great relationships. Now, when I say I believe God wants relationship for you, you say, well, where do you get that from? Because maybe you're here and like you've had relationship and you've, you, you have been burnt by bad relationships. Maybe some of you have gone through toxic relationships and you feel like you're the problem. Like every time you get a good friend, they walk away from you. Every time you get in a relationship, like it's like you can't keep a good man. You can't keep a girlfriend. Like they keep walking out on you and you feel like, hey, man, something's broken in me. Maybe I just wasn't meant for a relationship. Or maybe you recognize it's not you, but every time you get in a relationship, you get into a relationship with somebody who's crazy and maybe there's nobody out there for you and you've just kind of written off relationships. Like you're just going to fly solo for the rest of your life and you're trying to convince yourself that that's okay to do. And wherever you're at on that spectrum, again, I just want to make this declaration that I believe that God wants relationship for you. And he wants those relationships to be great relationships. So when we talk about I believe God wants relationship for you, like, all you have to do is to go back and understand that relationships were here before we ever showed up. Like, relationship didn't start with us. Relationships started. You know relationships started in the heart of God? Right? That in the Godhead is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It is an eternal relationship in unity and harmony and perfection. And the Bible tells us that we were made in God's image. We were made out of who he was. And so if God is a God who's in relationship and we've been made in his image, God wants us in relationship. In fact, when we're not in relationship, he said this all the way in the beginning after he made man, he looked at man and he said this. First time he said something wasn't good, Genesis 2.18. says, then the Lord God said, come on, everybody read this. It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So if you're here and you don't have any good friends in your corner, if you're here and you want to find someone significant, but you've been unable at this point to really make it happen and you're writing it off, I just want you to know that God's saying it's not good for you to do life alone. And not only that, but he's going to make a helper just right for you. Isn't that exciting? Think about that, what God's plan is for your life. And so... The challenge isn't, watch, here's a question. the question. The question isn't, are we meant for relationship? The question is, are you ready for relationship? Oh, come on. It's not, are you meant for relationship? The answer to that is, is, is a resounding yes. The question is, are you ready for relationship? See, you got to be ready. Everybody shout ready. ready. You got to be ready for the relationship that you're about to get in or want to get into. Um, you know, a lot of the way the society does relationship, especially in the context of a significant other or finding our spouse, and 
a lot of ways, it looks like this, right? We're looking for somebody. We're trying to find somebody. We find them. We spot them in the supermarket, or we spot them in a football game, or a friend invites and, uh, and you know, uh, connects us with one of their friends, and, and we meet for the first time, and, man, chemistry kicks in, and fireworks go off, and, man, she's beautiful, and he's awesome, and, and we start spending time together, laughing together, and we do that for a couple months or a couple years, and then we get married, and inevitably, because I've been doing this a long time as a pastor, I find couples sitting across from me that are about to throw in the towel. And they think, and probably many of you think, that, that it's, it's, it's married people with problems. And I just want you to know, I don't believe that married people have problems. I believe people with problems get married. And that's a totally different thing. That's a totally different thing, right? There's a show. I don't know if you all have seen this show on TV. And this is a prime example of what I'm talking about. People who are not ready for marriage or ready for a relationship get into the relationship. You're meant for a relationship. You've got to be ready for it. Um, there's a show on TV called Say Yes to the Dress. Anybody ever see the show Say Yes to the Dress? Right? So I think, I think it might just be on reruns. And I'm just going to tell you, I don't regularly. It's not like I DVR Say Yes to the Dress. Just, I mean, I don't anymore because it's not on, but. Here's the thing. Say yes to the dress. Basically, they'll follow every episode. They'll follow two or three blushing brides as they try to find the perfect dress. And they'll right, take them through the process. of They'll go to the, the one store that has their dress. And they'll go through the process of ordering it and trying different dresses on. And then the refit and then the refit. And here's the thing. that If you've never seen this show, let me just tell you what regularly happens in every episode. Is one blushing bride loses her mind. I mean, she's cussing out the salesperson. She's yelling and screaming at the person who's doing the fit. Like, I have seen these brides rip their dresses apart out of frustration and anger. And I'm just here to tell you, it's crazy because for, for them, they're thinking, like, I just want to be a beautiful bride on my big day. And I'm here to tell you, they are ugly. They might be beautiful on the outside. They are ugly on the inside. And I feel bad for the cat that's going to marry that. Come on, you're only going to wear a dress one day, but you're going to carry character forever. Yeah, that's right. Come on. And see, what I want you to know is, listen, that no matter how much chemistry you have in your relationship, character will always compromise chemistry. So if you if you got a bunch of issues and you you got communication problems and you got bad attitude issues and, and you don't know how to let little things go and you don't know how to love people through errors, if you got all kinds of baggage in your life, listen to me, you all, you're not ready for a relationship. You might want relationship. You might believe you were meant for a relationship, but you're not ready for a relationship. Because if you take that mess into a relationship, then that character, again, will always compromise that chemistry. And so here's the question. When I say, are you ready for a relationship, here's what I mean. Are you ready to be found by the person you're looking to find you? Are you ready to be found by the person you're looking to find you? See, what I mean is this is, is like we have this thing and when we're trying to get ready, if you're a teenager in here, you need to pay attention. If you're a college student, if you've gone through a divorce and you don't want to be alone and you believe like there's somebody for you and you're looking for that second person, it's okay. But I just want you to be in the place that like you need to really get yourself ready. And a lot of us, we know what we're looking for, but sometimes we don't take into consideration what people are looking for in us, right? It's just as important to look for the right person as it is to become the right person. Come on, so I'm trying to help everybody in this place. I wish somebody told me this. Right? And so you, you got to make sure that you're doing what you need to do to get ready for the relationship. Right? You know what you're looking for, but do you know what they're looking for? 
Because it's crazy, a lot of the standards we expect to find in somebody else, we don't maintain those standards in ourselves. Like if you're looking for a great friend, you can't go through life being a gossip and being somebody who can't count on you because while you might want a great friend, nobody's going to want to be your great friend. When it comes to relationships, listen, save the drama for your mama. If you're a person full of drama and you're 26 years old still living in mama's basement and you got all kinds of debt up to your eyeballs, listen... you might be looking for the perfect somebody who's, who's financially stable and who's got it together, but you're not the person that they're looking for. So you're never going to make that connection. Let me just kind of land here for a second, not to make anybody uncomfortable. Let's just talk brass tacks because I know we live in a society where sex is kind of, you know, just happening a lot. And we land in relationships and we give ourselves away way too easy, way too often. Let me just ask you a question. If you're here and you're looking for relationships, The person you're looking for, if you can have one of two things, be honest with yourself and tell me what you're looking for. Are you looking for someone that's got high mileage on the the relational sexual dashboard? Are you looking for showroom new? Y'all know what I'm talking about. You want someone who's been around the block 10 or 20 times, or you want someone who's not even gone off the porch yet? See, because here's what's crazy is, while we want sexual purity from the person we want to get connected to, we give ourselves away and then expect someone else to want us. Now, I'm not telling you, if you're here and you're like, Pastor, I've already crossed the line. Does that mean? No, no, no. I, mean, I believe God can still do a work in you, but let's pump the brakes now while you can. And let's just say, hey, babe, I, might, I might have slept around while I was in, you know, in this stage of life, but I want you to know, man, I've been preparing myself. I've been getting ready for a relationship, and I've been pure for the last five years. I've been pure. I've been waiting for our honeymoon. Come on. So... You know, I mean, think about this again, man. People go through these relationships, and they feel like they're not ready. So when I get in the relationship, I'll just I'll fake it till I make it. Like, we'll just, we'll just play the part until the relationship gets stable. I, I, several years ago, when I was in high school, I boxed for a couple years and um, was pretty decent at it. I was okay. Um, but several years ago, I got back in the ring with somebody who was still boxing, and I ain't boxing a long time. And I did everything they did. Like, I, I dressed like I had shorts on like them, and I had a T-shirt on like they did, and I swung like they did, and I wore gloves like they did. And the, about the first minute in the three-minute round, I was all about it. I was in my heyday. About the second minute into the, into the first round, um, I had realized that I was not ready for what I had stepped into. <laughs> you know anything about fighting it's important you keep your defense up and when you start getting tired the first thing that happens is you drop your guard so by the time we was getting towards the end of the first round I was taking some heavy blows to this beautiful face (laughs) he didn't knock me out but I was not ready for round two you hear what I'm telling you and here's here's the difference see is here's what I'm trying to tell you is is that while both of us were doing the same thing in the moment what he did before he got in the ring is what made him ready for the fight. You can do what everybody else is doing, but you got to get ready for the relationship. Everybody shout ready. ready. you got to get ready. I'd say it this way, that there are prerequisites to successful relationships. There are prerequisites to successful relationships. There's things that you can and should be doing now to get yourself ready for the person you want to spend the rest of your life with or you want as your best friend. And so... 
you know, many of you guys, you recognize this word prerequisite, especially if you've been through college, right? A prerequisite is that you have to take 101 before they let you take 201. You got to take pre-algebra before they let you take calculus. And see, some of you want to do relational calculus, and you've not done the prerequisite of getting ready and doing pre-algebra. Come on, are you here on time? So you got to do the prerequisites. So I'm going to give you a couple real quick. You're taking notes, which I would encourage you to. Lawrenceburg, take some notes. Florence, take some notes. Everybody watching online. Here's four prerequisites that we find that, again, we're talking about how do you get ready for relationships. What we find in the beginning is that before God ever, ever gave Adam relationship, he helped him to get ready for the relationship. God gave Adam some things that got him ready for the relationship he was about to give him. Here's four things that God gave Adam. Number one, God gave Adam a place. God gave Adam a place. Watch this. It says, then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east, read it with me, come on every voice, and there he placed the man that he had made. See, God gave Adam a place. A lot of times, man, we feel like we have to give ourselves a place, like we have to, we have to find our place in this world. We have to find our place next to somebody. And we feel like, man, there's some of you here, again, you're looking for a relationship that you've not been able to find or you've not been, you've not been successful in finding yet, and you feel like you're relationally homeless. Like you're walking through this world like, everybody's got somebody but me. <laughs> Everybody got somebody. Something's wrong with me. I'm relationally homeless. And I'm just telling you, listen to me. You need to recognize that you have a place and it's up to nobody else to give you a place but God. See, here's what I know is for me, and this is true for a lot of you, is no matter whatever happens in this world, I always got a place to go. I can always go back to mom and dad's house. Truth, come on. I'm telling you, I am 46 years old. I could still go home right now, and there's a room for me and a bed for me. I always have a place. I don't have to depend on, like, I'm old enough to have, come on, just so we're clear, I have a place. <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? If you feel like you got to go find a place next to a guy or find a place next to a girl or you're relationally homeless till you find that significant best friend, then you're counting on someone else to be for you what only God can be for you. You're waiting on somebody else to give you what God's already given you. You already have a place. Second thing God gave Adam was God gave Adam provision. God gave Adam provision. Check it out, Genesis 2.9. Remember, God made a garden. It says right there, the Lord God made all sorts of trees to grow up from the ground. Trees that were beautiful and that produced delicious fruit. Now, here's why it's important. I'm telling you that God gave Adam provision. is because we live in a world where we so easily throw around this world need. I need that. I need that. I need, come on, ladies, I need those shoes. So we're clear. Adam was naked and had all he needed. Come on, husband, you got to memorize that verse. <laughs> Baby, I need this. No, you don't. No, you don't. God gave Adam everything he needed. Here's what Adam needed. Now, again, I'm not talking about what he wanted. It's okay to have wants, and we're going to talk about desires in a minute, but you better recognize that there's things you might want, but you don't need them. And if you decide you need something, you will determine to get something before you're ready to have that something. And so God gave Adam everything he needed. God gave Adam a relationship with himself, with, Adam, with God and Adam. God gave him air to breathe. God gave him water to drink. And God gave him food to eat. And that's all he needed. Everything else after that was just to help him. It wasn't a necessity. It was just to help him. He said, I'll make a helpmate. He said, I'll make a helpmate just right for you. I'll make a helper for you. I'll not make a necessity for you. See, a lot of us, again, we live in this world where, man, we just, we got to find somebody. We've convinced ourselves that we got to have somebody. 
And maybe you're dating somebody. Let me just kind of hang here for a minute. Maybe you're dating somebody and they're putting pressure on you to have sex with them. And you're not married and you're ready. You're trying to get yourself ready for relationship. And they're telling you, come on, baby, I need it. I need it. They don't need it. All they need is Jesus, air, water, and food. Sex can wait until you put a ring on it. Come on. Now, sex is good. We're going to talk about that in week three. But you don't need it. Number three. Are you all with me today? Everybody shout, get ready. You got to get ready for the relationship. Number three, God gave Adam a purpose. God gave Adam a purpose. God gave Adam a fulfillment. God gave him something significant to do. God gave him destiny. God gave him purpose. In fact, watch this, Genesis 2.15, back in the garden. It says, the Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and watch over it. God gave him a job. Here's your purpose. A lot of times, again, we feel like we don't have a purpose until we find somebody. We feel like life won't start until I get married. Life won't start until I find that relationship. And I just want you to know something. If you believe that your purpose is dependent on a purpose, that on a person, that means you don't have a purpose until you find the person, which means you don't have a purpose beforehand. And what happens if you divide? What happens if you divorce? Or what happens if they die? That means you don't have a purpose again. Your purpose is never dependent on a person. It's always dependent on Christ. You have a purpose and don't need a person to give you the purpose. Now, see, some of you are like, you don't feel like this is important. But I promise you, a lot of what I'm talking about are things that people are looking for in other people to give them. I want you to give me a purpose. I want you to give me satisfaction. I want you to meet my needs. And God is saying, I've given you all these things before you ever got a, per- before you ever got a person. And if you don't recognize you have it, you'll look for it in somebody else. Here's the fourth thing, and this is a real, real big one that you all need to pay attention to. This is the fourth thing that God gave Adam before he ever gave him a person or a relationship. Number four, God gave Adam principles. God gave Adam boundaries. God gave Adam rules. But the Lord God warned him, you may freely eat the fruit of every tree in the garden. What's that next word? Except. Those are boundaries. Those are principles. Except the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. If you eat its fruit, you're sure to die. Here's why it's important that I'm, I'm hitting this today, is you have to figure out what you believe before you ever get in relationship. Once you get in relationship, that's not, time, that's not the time to figure out where your boundary is. That's not the time to figure out how far is too far. To decide how far is too far, if you're already in the back seat of the car with the windows uh, all fogged up, it's too late to decide, have I gone too far? See, you have to know I love Jesus up front before you ever get in a relationship because if you know who you are and what you believe in, you're going to find somebody who has convictions like you have. You're not going to get into a relationship and be like, hey, do you love Jesus too? Because it's too late because you've already fallen for him. Now they're going to pull you into a relationship that's going to pull you away from your main relationship. So you got to know what are my principles? What do I believe in? What, what, what's most important to me? And believe that God will find you somebody. God is already preparing somebody for you that will meet those things. you got to know your principles. So, again, man, you follow this. God gave Adam, right? He gave him a place. He gave him provision. He gave him purpose. And he gave him principles before he ever gave him relationship. And something happens for all of us, man, that when we try to, when we try to get ahead of God and we're not ready for the relationship, when we don't meet the prerequisites, it sets us up to fail in relationship. And I, I think some of you guys will see this because there's a, there's a scripture that's just a great example. There's a story in the New Testament. 
John chapter 4. It's the story of, and some of you who maybe are familiar with the Bible, it's a story known as the woman at the well. And it's, it's this woman, and uh, Jesus, he travels down, he's tired, and he's thirsty, and he finds this woman around noon. She's sitting at a well, ready, she's drawing water, and Jesus comes and sits down by her and has this conversation with her, and he says this. He says, hey, he says, hey man, will you, man, will you draw me some water? And she goes to get him water, and he turns it on her and says this, if you knew who asked you for water, you would ask me to give you water, and I would give you water that if you drank it, you would never thirst again. I would give you living water. And what he does is he's recognizing in this woman that she has a thirst that somehow she can't satisfy. Come on. That she's got this desire. She has an appetite for something that she's trying to fill herself with, and she can't fill herself. And Jesus identifies that she's trying to satisfy herself in relationship, and as long as she's trying to satisfy in the relationship of other people, she's never going to be really satisfied. So I want you to know something. Listen to me. Another person having relationship, relationship can multiply your happiness or it can mask for a short time your unhappiness. But relationship can never truly satisfy an unsatisfied person. If you feel like, if I can just find that person, I'll be satisfied. Listen, you are setting yourself up for failure and you're setting that person up for a task that they cannot do because there are things in us that only God can meet and only God can fill. And so watch this. Here's, here's a, here's a short, short part of the conversation Jesus has with this woman who is, evidently has this internal thirst she can't fill. says, go and get your husband, Jesus told her. And she's like, uh. Hey, Jesus, look at that. <laughs> says, I don't have a husband, the woman replied. He's like, yeah, I know. Jesus said, you're right. You don't have a husband. You've had five husbands. And you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. You know, what he's, you know what he's telling the woman? He's telling this woman, you're trying to satisfy yourself with the relationship of men. And every time you get in a relationship and don't get satisfied, you blame it on the man and move on to another man to try to meet the need in you. And they keep failing. And the problem isn't that they're a failure. And the problem isn't really that you're a failure. The problem is you're trying to get men to feel what only I can feel. See, she had relationship. She had a whole bunch of them. She had sex. I'm sure she had a lot of it. She had husbands. She had everything that a lot of us in this room are looking for, but she was still thirsty. And Jesus said it's because you're trying to satisfy yourself in a way that I can only satisfy you. Until you're filled up with me, you're never going to be happy in relationship. As long as you try to fill your, if, if, listen, if, if we don't learn to fill ourselves in the unlimited nature of Christ, we will continue to try to fill ourselves with an unlimited number of people. We'll move from person to person, relationship to relationship, and we just feel like, man, they just don't do it for me. He's just not enough. And God wants us to meet the essence of who we are, our basic needs in him. And that's part of getting ready for relationship is, is understanding that. In fact, I'd say this, surface satisfaction can never fulfill soul satisfaction. Those desires you have to be wanted and to be needed and to be in relationship, to have a best friend, to have a life partner, to have a strong marriage. Like no matter where you're at in relationship, this series is for you. But all of us, we, 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 play, we do this thing, man, where we just want other people to do things for us that only God can do. And you got to know in every stage of life what you can get out of a situation. I've been trying to teach my, 
my, my kids this for, for a long time since they started working. Here's something I've taught, taught my kids, and, and this might help some of the rest of you, right? Sometimes we project false expectations on things in our life, and we get frustrated when they don't meet those expectations. You have to know going into something, what is the role of this thing in my life? For example, why do you get a job? One word. Come on, why do people get a job? Money. But people go get a job, they take the job because they like the offer, they like the paycheck, they like the benefits, then they get their like, don't nobody there like me. My boss don't like me and friends are drama there. Well, listen, you didn't go to the job for friendships, you went there for what? And as long as you're getting money, then leave happy you got what you went to get. But don't get there and expect everybody to be your friend because you didn't go there to get friends, you went there to get money. And you can't go into relationships expecting them to satisfy the sole need of who you are, to give you a place and to give you a purpose, because they can never give you what only God has already given you. So we, we have to, again, we have to get ready for the relationship. Here's another one. Watch this. Matthew chapter 22. Matthew chapter 22. We know the great commandment. Jesus asked, was asked this question. Hey, Jesus, what's the greatest commandment? Everybody say the greatest commandment. If you've been in church a little while, you probably already know the answer. Love God and love people. It's not just one. Jesus said it's two. It's love God and love people. Well, that's not really what he said. Here's exactly what Jesus said the greatest commandment is. Jesus replied, I want everybody here to read this. Come on, Lawrenceburg campus, Florence campus, everybody read this out loud. Jesus replied, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. A second is equally important. Love your neighbor. He didn't stop there. Love your neighbor how? As yourself. Which means you can never love people until you learn to love who? And you can't learn to love you until you learn to love who? Oh, come on, somebody. See, the prerequisite for loving others is loving God so you'll learn to love yourself. And you'll never learn to love God until you understand what he's done for you. Man, I... I, see, the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. So my love for God, I know it should be in spite. Like, we should just love God because he's God. That's true. But honestly, like, God's word, like, I love God because he's done something for me. I love God because he gave himself for me. And when you understand, like, man, God's given me a purpose, and God's given me a place, and God's given me parameters, and God's provided for me. Man, God, I'm thankful for who you are. I celebrate, God, your goodness in my life, that, that God, you're all sufficient to me. You have met all of my needs. You have done everything I need. God is able to meet all of, all of my needs according to his riches by Christ Jesus. Come on, is anybody here thankful that God has met all of your needs? Yeah. So, man, when, when we recognize that, we start loving God, and we love God. Here's what we recognize. Man, I must be somebody important that God blessed me that way. I must be valuable that God made me his child. I must be important that he's written me on the palm of his hand. I must be somebody important that, that he's, he's written all of my days in his book. Man, I'm valuable. I don't have to find value from someone else now. I've already got value. I don't have to get purpose from anybody else. I already have purpose. Now that I love God, I understand how important I am. Now I can love people out of it because you got purpose too, and you have a place too and it's not up to me to give you a place come on see it don't just set other people free it sets us free we don't have to be something to somebody only God can be to them come on it's about getting ready everybody shout get ready, get ready. you got to get ready for the relationship you're trying to get in if you get in it without meeting the prerequisites you are setting yourself up for failure 
This is a story I've never shared on this platform, but I'll tell you something. When I came, when I came here to interview as the pastor of this church almost seven years ago, we have 10 board members. I sat with those board members, and I was in a great place to have an interview. And here's why. Some of you who have gone through the interview process, you know this is true. When you need a job, you often will tell the employer what you think they want to hear so they'll hire you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? See, but when I came to interview here, I already had a good church. I already had a great church. They hadn't run me out. I wasn't looking to get out. So you know what that set me up to do? Since I was already satisfied in the job I had, I could be totally honest with this board. And I told him exactly that. Like, I didn't feel like, man, I, I got two weeks at my last job and I need to hurry because I got three kids to provide for. Hey, I'll do whatever you want me to do. I'll do, I'll, we'll just keep this church the way it's always been and we're going to play church. I was able to say, listen, if you bring me to this church, this is exactly what I'm going to do to it. This is exactly the direction I'm going to take it. If you want me to take it that direction, don't bring me here. If you want me to be this kind of pastor, don't bring me here. If you're looking for this kind of traditional church, I'm the wrong guy. See, what it did was, knowing I already had a purpose and I already had a place and I already had provision, it set me up to be honest and say, I'm not expecting this church to be it. I can tell you exactly what I want, and I was able to set that in place. They hired me six, seven years ago, and we've not looked back. See, when, when you can just be honest with who you already are, it sets you up to be free. Sets you up to be free. So... Here's, a, here's an item. I know it's not something that we use a lot, necessarily something like this. It's a compass. How many people maybe learned how to use a compass? Maybe he's a Boy Scout back in there. How many people know actually how to use a compass? A compass is used to navigate directions. I just want to tell you where we're going to go already today. I hope you see it, but for the next several weeks, what I want to do is I want to help you to navigate your relationships. And there's three things you need to navigate. There's three things you need to navigate. The first thing you need to navigate is a tool. And so the same way this compass is used to navigate directions, my goal is to give you the word of God to help you navigate your relationships. I want to equip you with the tools you need to build healthy friendships, to build strong marriages, to find the right business partner. Whatever relationship you're in, my goal is to give you the tool to help you to navigate it. But it's not enough if I give you the tool because there's three things that's needed in order to navigate. You just don't need a tool of navigation. You need a destination. Come on. Everybody shout destination. destination. You need to know where is it I'm looking to end up. Where am I going? Now, some of you, you already know I'm looking for a good friend. I'm looking for a significant other. I'm looking for a life partner. I'm looking to get married. You need to know. But my goal is to not just give you the tool to navigate. My goal is to maybe help you shape your destination. Maybe to clarify your goals. Maybe to, to change what your expectations have been in the person you're looking for. But there's a third thing you need, and I know we don't use these anymore. A lot of us, we don't use these. What, what do we use? We use Google Maps. How many people here has ever used Google Maps? When you go to use Google Maps, they ask for two things, not one. They just don't, know what, they just don't want to know where you're going. They want to know what? Where's your starting point? And if you put in the wrong starting point, it doesn't matter if you put in the right destination, you will not get where you want to go because it'll take you roads that you don't need to go on. So the goal of today is this. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you navigation through this series. I'm going to help you shape your destination. But all of you in this room, you have to be honest with your starting point. Where am I as a person? Where's my marriage at? Where's it at really? Am I ready for the relationship I'm looking for? Am I ready to find the person who's looking for me? 
Because if you think you're ready, you're going to jump into a relationship you're not ready for. And you'll ruin it long before it ever had a chance to blossom. You got to know your starting point. And so my prayer is that today, God would maybe expose some drama in your heart or bad attitude in your heart or issues in your life or challenges in your character that are keeping your marriage from being as strong as it needs to be or maybe keeping you from finding the friend you're looking for or maybe keeping you from discovering the person that God made for you. See, that person, again, it's, it's not a need. It's just a help. You don't need, I'm just going to tell you, you don't need anybody. I, we, we talk a lot about relationships here. In fact, God said it's not good, but you know, I, something hit me just, just yesterday. You know, there was no sin in the garden until after Eve came and they disobeyed God, which means Adam wasn't in sin when he wasn't in relationship. It wasn't God's best, but it wasn't sin. You don't have, some of you are here and you've chosen, like, I don't have to be married. We're going to talk about celibacy through this series. Jesus had purpose and fulfilled purpose without relationship with a significant other. The apostle Paul wasn't married. And when he got to the end of his life, you know what he said? He said, I've run the course. I finished my race. See, man, a lot of us were looking to people to do something in us only Jesus can do. And God's saying, man, if you'll get ready, I'll get relationship ready for you. And so I want to pray today that God will help you discover in your marriage, in your home, in your heart, in your life, whether you're here in Florence or you're in Lawrenceburg, wherever you're at, God will help you know exactly where your starting point is. And I'm going to give you the tools to navigate. And God's going to shape your destination. And I believe God's going to get you there because this is where I started. I believe God wants relationship for you. And I believe God wants those relationships to be great. Does anybody here believe that? Come on, can we thank God today? Come on. If you're here and you're saying with every head bowed, every eye closed, you're saying, Pastor Steve, I, I want better relationship. Whether you're married already, whether you already have some great friends, or whether you're looking for great friends, or whether you're looking for a significant other, all across this room, if you're here and you're saying, Pastor Steve, will you pray for me today? I want great relationships for my life. I want my relationships to get stronger. I want my relationships to get healthier. If that's you all over this room, I want you to lift a hand. If you're just saying, I want better relationships, I want healthier relationships, I want stronger relationships, come on, lift your hand up real high. Father, I pray for every person in this room, including myself. God, help me and help us to be honest with our starting point, where we are. And God, I pray over the next several weeks that, God, you'll get us ready for the relationships that you have ready for us. And Lord, we love you. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody who agreed said amen. Amen. God bless you guys, man. We'll see you next week for week two.